You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. I will apologize in advance that I am having to do this recording via my cellular device because my computer decided that right as we were about to record, it would be a great time for it to freeze and have to restart with updates. And for those of you that have Windows computers, you know those updates take about six and a half days. So I apologize for the quality of my uh, vocals, but of course, David is here and he will rescue us by doing most of the talking into his wonderful microphone. Right, Dave? I will do my best. Outstanding. All right. On today's show, we are going to cover a little bit of the media availability that the Bucks had just the other day. And we have some clips fired up. Do we not, Dave? Yeah, I got uh, one from Chris Godwin, one from Jameis Winston, uh, two of the guys who are both the guys who spoke to the media. Yeah, and of course, two guys that we've been talking about quite a bit during this offseason, especially the changes that they're going to face with Bruce Arians at the helm. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Honestly, you know, some guys that kind of impressed me so far have just been uh, uh, Bobo and Sean Wilson. You know, like those guys are like when you look at them, you know, like they're pretty fit guys. You know, like they look like they're kind of like boxers, man. Like they got these big jacked arms and big shoulders. Um, so it was cool, like seeing those guys, like the development they made in the offseason so far. Yeah. So so Chris said a lot of things, and he said a lot of buzzworthy things. And I know the Buccaneers team site themselves went ahead and picked out the portion of the conversation where you know he talked about if the players don't you know, execute and put it all together, then all this hype and all this excitement about coaching staffs and schemes and all this stuff is really for nothing. And he's 100% right. But I picked this part out because, like you kind of said, we've already talked about Chris Godwin a lot. We had him on the show, which was great. And a lot of people have been talking about him. Bruce Arians talked about him, you know, being a thousand yard, you know, receiver and all this other stuff. And it's it's not that Chris isn't worthy of the attention. Of course, I think that he's worthy of the attention, but I, I like hearing him talk about who is impressing him from the team because we've had some people talk about, you know, what about these lesser known guys who are, who are lower on the depth chart, but have the potential to move up. And Bobo has been one of those guys with the team missing a little bit of speed into Sean Jackson, you know, Brashad Perryman is going to replace a little bit of that, but Perryman has had injury issues in his career, which is, is one of the reasons his career has been derailed since he was a first round pick uh, back in Baltimore. So Bobo, if he really is coming in, you know, the way that Chris talked about just kind of impressing him physically and, and the work that he put in, in the offseason, that hopefully that's going to translate to the field. And Bruce Arians loves speed. So Bobo is a guy who can turn that speed into production on the field, whether it be the practice field or the preseason. Uh, in a preseason game, then you know that Coach Arians is going to give him the opportunity when the season starts to potentially grab one of those active spots and potentially impact this team in, in the regular season more than he's been able to do so uh, thus far in his career. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what what Bruce was saying when he was first hired. You know, that's why he's running these these dual practices and and getting every player on the field as often as he can because he is going to try to find which players on this team are really going to be able to help the offense or help the defense, whatever the case may be, and you know expose some of their strengths and, and be able to utilize 
what these players do well. So when you hear about guys like Bobo and, and Sean and, and those players, you know that Bruce is going to get everything out of him that he possibly can. If that means that their number gets called in this five-play package that he has stashed away, then that's what they're going to do because he knows he can use them to be successful in those moments. So, you know, we're I think we're going to start to see the I, – I don't want to say the emergence because that makes it sound like they're really going to take off, but we're going to start to see a little more involvement from some of these guys beyond just having to fill in due to injury or, or due to some sort of game day inactive or, or things of that nature. You know, they're, they're going to create as much as they can to utilize these players in, in the offense and, and speed, like you said, Dave is, is a huge thing. So getting Bobo on the field is, you know, he has that rapport with Jameis. He'll be able to to succeed. So, I mean, I, I'm i all for it. I, I, I love what I'm hearing out of Godwin. Definitely. And, you know, so something else that I noticed in his, his time with the media and what he was talking about is he kind of – and he even said it at one portion, portion of the conversation that he doesn't really try to pay attention to all the kind of the off-season excitement. You know, he, he really is focused, and that's kind of where that quote came from, is if we don't put it all together and execute, then it's really not going to matter. And that's true, and, and I really like – hearing that from the player and that's kind of an interesting contrast because you know I'm one of the guys who's been kind of telling the fan base or at least the fan base that listens to us like go ahead and get excited get excited about Bruce Arians get excited about Todd Bowles and an attacking defense get excited about what Noah Spence might be able to do in this new defensive scheme get excited about Chris Godwin and, and so on and so forth but I really enjoy hearing one of the players say that they're kind of keeping that excitement in check because they're focused on actually getting out there and and putting the excitement to work and, and showing the fans that that excitement was warranted. So it's it's, it's a good contrast, and, and depending on which side you are, if you're on the field or in the locker room and the practice field and the meeting rooms, I want you to be kind of humbled by the excitement and say, it's good to have it all there, but we're focused on making the actual product worthy of the excitement, whereas on the other side of the field with the fans, you know, I want all the fans who listen to us and read Bucks Nation and just support the Bucks in general to be, you know, through the roof excited and, you know, preparing Super Bowl parades and all that stuff. Uh, don't go get Super Bowl champion tattoos yet. I would kind of cut the line there. But uh, it just it kind of struck me as interesting because I was very happy to hear Chris kind of temper his expectations and more focus on the grind and the work that's going to get those uh, get him to the position where he can meet those expectations. Yeah, well, it wasn't Jameis the the complete opposite, and he was telling everybody to get excited. But you know, they have to uh, they have to prove it on the field and not just say it. But he was still trying to to hype everybody up. Yeah, definitely, he wants the fans. Same thing. And Bruce Arians said the same thing: like, get excited, get on board. You know, get with us right now because we're trying to make this thing happen for the fans, for the city. You know, the the players notice when this when the stadium is empty. They notice when the stadium is quiet, and they don't want that. You know, any any football player is going to be uh, is is hoping to have their fans, you know, come in in swarms and and be you know incredibly loud and, and do all those things. So of course you want your fans to be excited. But even Jameis, I mean, he he was kind of set up early in the press conference by some of the media members on you know questions about Bruce Arians and and playing football under his system. And he he really did. He kind of he kind of also tempered those reactions a little bit. I mean he he got, there was one question specifically that I remember he had asked very specifically like about. Bruce Arians not wanting him looking over his shoulder about everybody understanding this is Jameis's football team. And if he felt like he really had that role with the previous coaching staff and his answer was like 
five to ten words. He really did not take the bait and the opportunity to really hammer at you know how much this is his team, how much control he has, how much everything's kind of riding on his shoulder, and he definitely didn't take the opportunity to talk about the previous coaching staff where it obviously was not uh, the same way. Like like Dirk Cutter obviously had zero issue with Jameis understanding that Ryan Fitzpatrick was there to take his job back from him at any given moment. And so, again, on the player side, it's kind of holding back and tempering that expectation, tempering that excitement a little bit, but at the same time telling the fans, hey, we feel confident what we have going. We're excited about the players we have in the room and on in the building and on the field. So we want you to get excited because fans can afford to do that. Like as a fan, you can get so excited, you spill your nachos and drop your beer and everything will be fine. But as a player, if you get so excited that you're not focused, then, you know, disaster happens. So uh, it's almost like they're saying, hey, we can't get all hyped up about this like you can. So do us a favor and you do it for us. And, you know, I hope fans are are listening, uh, at least, you know, to a certain extent. Well, yeah, it's kind of like last season when they said they started buying their own hype and reading their own press clippings after just two weeks, and, and then the wheels fell off and they couldn't bounce back. So it's 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 a fine line, but it's definitely better off for the fans to get excited than for, like you said, the players to get overly excited that they lose focus on, on what they need to do and, and where they need to go. All right, well, why don't we go ahead and jump over to the uh, to the next clip that you have, Dave. All right. I think we got some 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 good backs um, in position. I think Payton is more comfortable. Uh, last year was his first first year of taking on that role of being a, a, a true star running back. I think he uh, he has owned that now, and I think he's ready to go. You know, obviously we got uh, a great addition in Duke, uh, who uh, kind of not replaces, but it's kind of like a Charles uh, type guy who can uh, catch catch the ball out of the backfield, and Payton can do that too. I think we got a great running back room. Uh, and not to mention Rojo. Rojo, he's still one of the best freaking natures that I ever seen. You know, he's so explosive. Uh, I think with him getting a year up under his belt, he's gonna be ready to go. Wait, 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 David. Did did Jameis Winston just say that the Bucks have Duke? Yeah, Andre Ellington's nickname is Duke as well. <laughs> the social media explosion after that, where everybody thought that Jameis slipped up and and the Bucks had gotten Duke Johnson was hilarious <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, so, there's, I, there's a lot of people out there who have similar nicknames. So I can see, I mean, I can see why, why somebody might take it that way, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, and it could have been uh, Sean Wilson who went to Duke. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true too. I didn't think about that. I knew, so I mentioned it before when, when Andre got signed by the team that, like early on in my fantasy football experiences or whatever, Andre Ellington was supposed to be the starter in Arizona was before the injuries kind of piled up, you know, and all that stuff. So I kind of knew a little bit about Andre uh, just from that time. So, uh, yeah. So uh, it didn't really take me off off guard, but yeah, I, I can see why, especially with the Buccaneers kind of being, uh, you know, a lot of conversations surrounding whether Tampa Bay should trade for Duke Johnson. So yeah, I, I see how they, how people drew that parallel, but yeah, definitely an interesting moment. Well, and, and Jameis said a lot of what you and I have been preaching this offseason that, yeah, and, and we kind of differ on our view of whether we want the Bucks to draft a running back or not. Um, <clears throat> I felt they should have, <clears throat> excuse me, I felt they should have gone after one. You had kind of felt that, you know, they were they were pretty much fine with, with Peyton Barber there and, and the depth behind him. You know, something we kind of have gone back and forth on. But, you know, th- this team doesn't have bad running backs. They had... 
poor blocking. They had poor scheming. They had poorly timed rotations. But Peyton Barber is a skilled back, and we've talked numerous times about how much Bruce Arians just gushes over the guy, uh, especially unprovoked. You know, you you had pointed out when they did that event for the fans. I can't remember the the sole purpose for it, but unprovoked he started gushing about how much he loved the film on Peyton Barber and how he believes he's he's a thousand yard back and and this and that so you know there's there's a lot of faith in within the walls of of one buck place in in the stable of running backs that they have whether it be Peyton Barber or what Andre Ellington brings or the player that they expect Ronald Jones to emerge into I mean there there is talent there oh most definitely and that's and kind of the same reason I picked the Chris Godwin clip is the same reason I picked the James Winston clip. Again, we've we've been talking about James Winston and especially the impact that Bruce Arians is going to have. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of written content from that press conference, you know, with, with Jameis uh, talking about his interactions with Bruce and everything else. But, again, what I'm more interested in is we already know Jameis is a focal point of the offense, obviously. We already know Chris Godwin is going to be a focal point of the offense. But who are the focal points – looking at and who are they saying wow these guys are guys that we need to watch and so to hear Jameis you know and and again it's it's one of those situations I mean if if one of our listeners or a fan were to say well what's Jameis going to say Peyton's Peyton's not an an every down back because he can't catch Andre Ellington is is older he's been out of football and he was who was hurt a lot before Rojo couldn't get together as a rookie no of course he's not going to say all those things but there's still a ring of, of, of truth to it and like you mentioned you know, at the, at the fan event, Bruce Arians was just—he was simply asked, "Watching film, is there someone you guys have been impressed by?" And he just gushed over Peyton Barber. There's no reason for him to do that. He didn't have to do that. He could have very easily, again, leaned on Jameis or leaned on Mike Evans or you know, one of the known commodities type of thing. Uh, maybe I mean, he could have gushed about Deshaun Jackson trying to raise his trade value. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different options that he could have gone with on there. So for him to un, to to say those types of things about Peyton Barber, unprovoked. Is, is something that's significant. And I believe it was the Pew Report that had an interview with Peyton earlier this offseason. They were talking to him and talking about how he's trying to improve his pass catching because he knows that's an area that he needs to get better at because he wants to stay on the field as much as possible. Uh, again, going back to our conversation with Shaq, that's what these players want. Like Players don't want to be standing on the sideline. At the end of the game, the middle of the game, the beginning of the game, it doesn't matter. They don't want to be on the sideline uh, watching the game. They didn't strap on the pads and practice all week and study the film to watch the game. Uh, they want, they want to play Rojo wants to play. So you can, you can pretty much bet that he's coming into the season, trying to do everything he can. We've seen some clips from the Buccaneers Twitter site of, of him working out in the OTAs. So for James to throw him in there again, talk, calling him a freak nature. What that tells me is more, this is a team that needs to kind of figure out how to maximize, you know, those traits that he has and how to blend them with the other running backs they have, because, they're going to look to get them to get them all involved. And uh, Sean Wilson was a guy who got a shout out during the press conferences. You know, OJ Howard, Cam Brait, obviously, were, were two guys that were also talked about. So it's just good to hear two of these these kind of more popular bucks uh, out there speaking about some of the the less popular. I know OJ and Cam are just as popular, but uh, still good to hear them kind of spreading out the names a little bit to remind Bucks fans that. The reason we've been so disappointed with this team is because of how much talent there is on the roster versus the the, the final result. So, again, it's it's I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's okay to get excited because you have a very talented roster that's getting ready to go to work with a very talented coaching staff. Absolutely, and of course, 
you know, things will, the roster will continue to evolve. It will continue to shape itself, whether that's through additions in the draft, which is, you know, rapidly approaching, uh, whether it's additions in that second and third waves of, of free agency, you know, there's still guys that are going to be moved, whether that's via being cut or being traded, whatever the case may be, we're still waiting for that that other shoe to drop as far as Gerald McCoy is concerned. And you still see a couple of other higher price guys that the Bucks might decide to go ahead and move on from. So, yeah, we said it over and over and over over the course of the past, you know, three months or so, this team isn't void of talent. It's been void of, of competent coaching and competent schemes and evolving with the game. So, yeah, and there's, there's no reason not to be excited other than the fact that, you know, there's been years of excitement, you know, built up in the off season only to get full on, you know, Ronda Rousey style kicked in the groin uh, by this team by, by week six, every season. Yeah. You lost me with the wrestling reference. I don't, I don't get it. You you don't know who Ronda Rousey is. I know who Ronda Rousey is. I don't, I don't get the, the rest the wrestling reference though. There, there wasn't a wrestling reference. I was just saying that Bucks fans have gotten themselves excited and then this team falls on its face and it feels like Ronda Rousey kicked you in the groin every year. Oh, okay. That's fair. No, I thought maybe like, cause I know there was a big wrestling event. I thought maybe she kicked somebody in the groin and that was like a moment. Or oh, something. WrestleMania. No, I just, I would not want to be kicked by that woman. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. I mean, that's fair, but to be, to be honest, I wouldn't want to be kicked by anybody in, in that area. Either. That is that is true, but it's Ronda <laughs> Rousey, so why not? Yeah, yeah. I get I I get why Buccaneers fans want to be tentative and why some might be so excited or so ready to kind of jump in the hype pool or whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, I totally get it. However, I still lean on. I was actually having a conversation uh, about this very topic with someone today. I still kind of lean on this that if I have the choice between being happy for four or five months out of the year or being miserable for 12 months, I'm going to be happy for those four or five months. I'm going to take that opportunity to be happy. Even if you're being happy about something that's really not actually a real thing to be happy about, even if it's kind of a delusion or kind of just a hope or a dream or whatever. I don't know me personally. I just don't want to live my football life in misery for 12, 12 months. So as soon as the season, and I said this at the end of the season, actually like the season's over it's draft season, so I'm going to get excited about watching prospects and talking about what could be and what could happen and hopefully you know, the team signing a really cool coach and all this other stuff. So the fact that Bruce Arians is here, the fact that Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, all these guys are here, the fact that Quinn Williams might be a Buccaneer or Devin White or Ed Oliver or any of these other guys, uh, the fact that, you know, that Ronald Jones might actually become what we all hoped he would be last year, O.J. Howard might stay healthy for 16 games and become that top five tight end that we know we can be. Chris Godwin's going to get the opportunity to be an even bigger focal point on this offense. Who else? I don't know. Ali Marpet's coming back, like, and he's actually going to get to play the same position for back-to-back seasons. You know, all of these things. Uh, James Winston gets a quarterback whisperer. You know, Noah Spence might be a 3-4 linebacker. Uh, Vernon Hargraves might be able to play mess, press man coverage as an outside quarterback for the first time in his career. All of those things get me excited and make me happy to be covering this team and to be talking with fellow Buccaneers fans. And I'm going to take advantage of that because we all know that come mid-September, it might all go away. 
<laughs> but yeah, if I, that's fair. <laughs> but, but if I refuse to be happy now with what could be and what I like about what's already happened, then when mid September comes, it's just going to be even worse. And I'm, and I choose to be happy when I have the opportunity to be happy. And right now is that like, you look at Browns fans, like Browns mm-hmm. fans right now are through the roof. We have no idea oh, what's going to happen though. I mean, by October, you know, by October, Odell Beckham Jr. might block Jarvis Landry off of Facebook and Baker Mayfield is over there flipping the bird at the entire Brown Stadium because they're booing it. Like, you have no idea what can happen with that volatile group of personalities. But right now, they're having a blast, and I encourage it. And I, and, and I think that's one thing that makes the Browns fan base as kind of legendary it is the dog pound and all that stuff. Browns fans are notorious for every single year being excited about a team that every single year just craps on all their hopes and dreams. At least the Bucks have a Lombardi to hold up somewhere. So I, I don't know. I take advantage of it. I'm happy right now. I'm excited right now because we have the best head coach in the business and we have uh, a quarterback with all kinds of upside and, and personality and, and all the other names I already rattled off and all the other hopes and dreams that we've already talked about. So I'm happy. I'm excited. Bruce Arians and James Winston don't need to tell me to get excited because I'm already there. We just need the rest of you to, to join us in this un unpurposeful, unsupported excitement of of Buccaneers football. You know, it's it's funny you bring up the Browns because I was, you know, for those that have Facebook, which is, you know, the majority of people to listen, I'm sure, you know, you have those Facebook memories. Well, on mine popped up a video of a Browns fan. I don't know, David, if you've ever seen it, it's pretty old. But he's standing in the dark screaming at the stadium. Have you ever seen this? No, no, I have not. Okay, I, I'm I'm not going to go off and, and explain the whole video, but it's this one lone Browns fan screaming at the stadium about how, you know, week after week, you know, he's a season ticket holder and he pours his heart and soul into this team just to be beaten down 10 times a year because he's forced to buy preseason tickets. And at the very end, he screams, you are a factory of sadness. <laughs> I'll see you on Sunday. And walks away and I'm... <laughs> I'm watching this with, with my wife, and I said, I look at this guy doing this video and wonder how he is right now today with the way the Browns have, have changed things and, and how excited the fan base is. I, as, as close as I live to Bengals country, there are a ton of Browns fans around here. I think it's, it's honestly pretty evenly split between Bengals, Browns, and Steelers in my area. And so, yeah, you, you bring up a great point. They're, <clears throat> they're over the moon right now because they're, they're seeing something that they haven't seen in this area since the Browns came back, and that is legitimate hope for success for an NFL season. And you're right. By, by mid-September, by the beginning of October, you know, Odell and uh, Landry may have had a fist fight in the locker room, and you got you know, Ward – kicks Baker Mayfield in the leg and breaks his shin or something. You, you don't know what will happen, but right now there's that hope. There's that enjoyment of, of all the possibilities that the Browns could have this year. And that's what fans need to be excited about. And, you know, we've, we've seen this movie before, but this time the movie has a new writer and it has a new director. So it may be the same premise, you know, to get excited about the off season, but it's not going to be the same as when the movie was written and directed by Dirk Cutter or Lovey Smith or Greg Schiano. 
This one is written and directed by Bruce Arians. So yeah. it's a movie worth getting excited about. I'm excited. I mean, there hasn't been a head coach to get excited about with this team since the Buccaneers traded for John Gruden. And exactly. Even that had some some undertones of sadness because, you know, that you had your your Tony Dungy loyalists who were sad to see him go. I was one of them. This time we have a, a super cool, whatever you want to call him, head coach coming in. And really nobody is sad to see the other one leave. So uh, it, it's it's even better. I don't know. I think we've said our piece. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, David, we are up against the clock, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. But we will be back tomorrow. As always, as long as my computer doesn't self-destruct and explode all over itself. So, in the meantime, make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're sending in your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have a safe wonderful and enjoyable day and thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.